Welcome to another episode of The Late Night, uh, The Safe Room. Yeah, it's been a minute, but uh, we had to celebrate the occasion of us being on the same continent together. Yeah, on the same (laughs) island. Yeah, I know. More than the same continent. We're so centrally located that we can see each other for dinner. (laughs) We're coming to you from Mount Desert Island, which is also uh, where they shot a whole lot of Stephen King's Pet Cemetery. Of course, of course. So Sometimes that is better. Yeah, I know. uh, Caddy Corner with Stephen's house in Bangor, you know, mm -hmm. (laughs) all of the above. We are currently sitting in my car. Because that's the easiest place to record. And acoustically, it comes out perfectly. I know, I know. And convenient. that's the nice thing about being out in the middle of the woods, is that somehow, even though we are in a car, we will probably have less vocal disturbance than I usually do when I record a normal episode. Thank God for that. I know, we will enjoy... Enjoy, you know, the peace and quiet the woods afford. If we get the occasional chirping frog, then just, you know, refreshing ambiance. Yeah, more likely it's going to be a howling coyote. We're under a full moon by the yeah. by the seashore. It's the harvest it's... moon time, y'all. It's, it's pretty. Yeah, it's really nice. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, it would not be new to have coyotes. No. I, it's, yeah, got a lot of coyotes in my backyard. A lot more <laughs> so. this year, but... One, one other thing that the pandemic brought with it was a nice increase in wildlife out here. Yeah, I'm happy for him. Good for yeah. them. Take it all over. We don't deserve shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good good creatures. Well, again, welcome welcome back to the United States. It's... Thank you. Thank you. It's, uh, it's been uh, three weeks. I can't wait to get the fuck back out of here. It's... Uh... <laughs> I love my country, but mm-hmm. uh, in doses. Yeah, and, uh, this, yeah, absolutely. This three week dose has been enough. And, yeah, uh, I would. I think that was probably also enough for me, and yet I remain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I persist, but uh, <laughs> one day I'll, I'll, you know, I'll go in your footsteps and escape to Europe. But for now. I'll just stick to the woods because it works we'll, out. We'll be getting another episode in is when Axis comes <laughs> to visit us. And... I know, I know. I mean, fingers crossed. Maybe we get our shit together and do more before then. But, you know, <laughs> if if all else fails, yeah, when I get to Germany, then, then we'll certainly, at least then, have more bonus episodes. <laughs> So yeah, it's been uh, it's been three weeks of uh, playing video games and uh, <laughs> eating food that does not agree with me. I've, you know, my wife and I have decided that I'm allergic to America, and yep. uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was Uh, really impressive that in the time leading up to your vacation, like I spent mm -hmm. months hearing about your careful diet, your exercise Mm -hmm. initiative, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. you were really proud of yourself. And I mean, I was was proud of you. I love to see friends doing well for themselves. And then you showed up and uh, within a week I was getting phone calls like, I can't take photos now. I can't take photos yeah, now. Yeah, it's, pre- it's pretty accurate. We, uh, we, we, we're going to need to have a rule where we're going to need the photographer there. Uh-huh. Uh, Day one. At least, yeah, yeah. Th- that person can't be there any, any more than a day after right. I get yeah. to the airport. Yeah, yeah. the way it's going to work is you get off the plane. Right. We take, I meet you. We right. take photos, and then we go. Then I start guzzling <laughs> Starbucks with Yeah, exactly. And... We go straight from PSL right to the bar for, for the cocktails you've and been waiting for. And probably start snorting powdered sugar the whole way. Hell like, yeah. That is, yeah, that yeah, is yeah. the dream. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. we keep our dreams reasonable, I think, and that's, that's think the key so. to our enjoyment of life. And, you know, as long as it's completely unhealthy and out of the <laughs> realm of, of, you know, any kind of uh, restraint, I think mm-hmm. that makes it quite American. Yeah, so, yeah. absolutely. American exorbitance is, uh, 
you know, especially if you're vacationing, you have to indulge. What's the point otherwise? Uh, yeah, I unfortunately live here, and it's a lot harder to not indulge constantly. Hmm. But, you know, to each, to each their own. We all have our crosses to bear, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> and to be not, not going to Dunkin' Donuts daily is one of those. Uh, <laughs> once they launched Boba... Oof. Oof. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> yeah, Dunkin' Donuts has been an interesting thing here on this island because my wife is really upset about the fact that she couldn't get a glazed donut for like two weeks. And my wife normally, just so everybody knows, my wife does not get to enjoy glazed donuts. We don't really like the. We do have Dunkin' Donuts in Germany, but do Dunkin' you? Donuts in Germany, yeah, it sucks. It doesn't taste the same. <laughs> Uh, it's not made with the same really bad preservatives, mm-hmm. and so it's just not the same delivery. So um, it it was basically a Dunkin' Donuts uh, that was pretty much ransacked of glazed, mm-hmm. and uh, we had like a there's a great uh, place out here I'd like to give a shout out to called Cookies Pies and such, and uh, because that was closed, uh, you know my wife was about ready to read the riot act. So <laughs> um, once she got her glazed donuts and a blueberry buckle. Um, she's been in a much, much better mood. So Yeah, it's sometimes that's all it takes, yeah. you know? <laughs> Once you get your donut, things are better. Yeah, I, I've already regaled regaled Nina with my, my story of um my college town because I went to I went to school at Bowdoin down in Brunswick, Maine, near Portland, but so a little college town, very cute, you know, one main street, of course, called Main Street. Yep. Maine with an E because it's Maine and every town thinks they're innovative for naming mm-hmm. a street Main mm-hmm. Street. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, it had a, a lovely little donut shop called Frosty's all the way down at the end. Still does. Everybody should go. But um, it was, you know, it was for truckers. It was for people who, you know, were out on the road at 5 a.m. So they had, would stop in for their coffee and their donut before they went. Which meant that me as a nocturnal person pretty much never got there, right. ever. Uh, or at least by the time I would walk in at 2 p.m., every single donut, except maybe some crusty, boring flavor in the corner, was sold. So the only time I went to Frosty's was part of the student tradition of um, if you had to pull a terrible all-nighter and you were still awake at 4 a.m., your reward was to go to Frosty's when it opened and get the fresh pick of the donuts. <laughs> so so I still, I have, I, I mean, I certainly made it a few times because uh, knowing me, I'm sure you're aware I am typically awake at 4 a.m., uh-huh. but, you know, I, not always willing to haul my ass out of bed. But I, I think it was my senior year, my senior seminar, it was a... Uh, Pretty much my whole class was all in a Facebook group chat in absolute hell trying to finish our papers for Mm. our our sociology seminar. Um, And uh, so we were all still messaging each other at, you know, 3.30, like, oh, my God, why isn't it done yet? Oh, no. And then we had this moment of, okay, so this sucks. Uh, Frosties? Right. Are we gonna go to, gonna go to Frosties? Yeah. And so it's just like the most bedraggled college students. St- most of us still in pajamas. One of us had a flower crown, bizarrely. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Just like converging on a donut shop, and it's it's a bunch of like s- swarthy men, you know, <laughs> burly guys sitting at the bar, and then just like four or five like bedraggled, exhausted college students, utterly delirious in the corner booth, being like. This is good. I Actually, have five more pages. <laughs> the thing is, I used to get the best of both worlds. I mm-hmm. would be bedraggled. I would be mm-hmm. in college. Mm-hmm. And uh, normally I'd show up in uh, my American Eagle patchwork pants at around 4 a.m. <laughs> we used to, yeah. we, you know, Taco Bell had this thing where they were calling that uh, fourth meal time. Mm-hmm. And so 
it's really funny. So like fourth meal time would roll around and you'd be there at like three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning, picking up like, you know, five crunch wraps to Man, That is my fucking dream. Maine does not cater to late night snackers. I'm gonna be what. honest, I, I it's something where I think it's fun, but I don't think it's something that we should uh, make a regular habit of. Look, uh, I think that I mean, the American Heart Association <laughs> would also agree with me on okay, that. Okay, I think you're I think you're correct, assuming that people keep normal schedules and like do things in the daytime. Correct. For people like me who genuinely do skew nocturnal, it's just annoying that no place is open for my dinner. So <laughs> I That's think in true. that case, I could use a trip to Taco Bell. But I do backtracking for a second. I have to ask. When I spent a bunch of time when we were watching May shitting uh, on all of the patchwork clothing that she mm-hmm. wore, was that a personal attack on your American Eagle patchwork pants? No, I'm not. <laughs> like, I don't really get as No attachment. No, I mean, no, like, because my patchwork stuff looked way better than hers okay. anyway. And, all right. Yeah. Like, as long as you had patchwork fashion, I will, I, mean, I will allow it. I always do. I'm always wearing, I either have, like, Ralph Lauren Gap or something. It's always patchwork, but it's, um, <laughs> yeah. I've always, I've always liked, like, the minute I saw, you know, the Weasley family and Harry Potter, I was like, ah, oh, finally, someone who gets My it. people. My people. <laughs> yeah, meanwhile, I, I saw Bobatons and felt <laughs> a little more at home. I don't think I have worn a patchment garment so conservatively since I was 10 years old. <laughs> yeah, nothing quite like a wool cloche hat, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't, don't knock them. I own a lot of cloches. <laughs> They they're cool cats. That's actually it's really weird. There's this really great um, uh, millinery company mm-hmm. uh, called Ever Crumbly and Witch. Yes. Oh my and god! You sent me that are, Instagram feed. I lost my goddamn mind. Yeah, Ever Crumbly and Witch is like you know because like if you go to Rumorg, you get all the you know Rumorg's thing is like you get like. They try to always be eclectic, right? Mm-hmm. Like they always try to put together something that's really eclectic. But some things you just you just can't get all the way into. So that like um, Ever Crumbly and Witch is something where I might actually try and do an online article for them. Um, and you just have it's such an amazing selection that they actually were like, "What should our next uh, happy?" And I was like, "Oh my God, uh, Francis <laughs> Owens from yeah. Practical Magic." Yeah, to and clarify, my brothers, because my we brothers not said were yet. like, "What the yeah. fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> How the fuck did you pick the Owens ants?" I was like, "Look, I just saw the vantage point and I took it. God damn it!" And they're like. You're a dude. You're like you're like a dude, dude. Like oh what the? God. And I was like, listen, if I see, mm-hmm. yeah. And they made that hat. They mm-hmm. made like a straw, beautiful yeah, witch fuck hat. Fuck the gender binary. Witches Seriously, are cool, man. Right? Also, yeah. To be perfectly clear, because I don't think we ever said it. Ever crumbly and what? Which we call it? Ever crumbly and witch. Ever crumbly and witch does in fact make witch hats. Right. Just <laughs> in case this isn't obvious by yes. its fucking name. <laughs> they make witch hats. They make really freaking cute witch hats. <laughs> they ain't cheap, but they're worth it because yeah. they're going to stick around a while. Yeah, I mean, pff, as somebody who was a sucker for small indie artists and uh, artisan-made clothing and goods, oh yeah, that, I, ooh, I'm tempted. The creator's house looks like the fucking Owen's house. You're yeah. like, oh, man. And fans, in case you've ever wondered, like, I'm not, like, I know I'm Rue Crew and everything, but just to be very clear about this, I'm not the Rue Crew that's like, oh, yeah, I need, like, Misfits and Danzig, and I need, like, Psychobilly and Rockabilly all night long. No. 
uh, Heidi Klum, Martha Stewart, and me, mm-hmm. we can all sit together on the same bench and yeah, talk no, shit about Halloween Martha all day long. have more similar yeah. s- design sensibilities than I think the average person would guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I but mean... I have nothing but respect and love for Martha. It's oh, just of like, well, you know, this island, you know, just rejects her genius. Yeah, you know? I just, see, I just am mostly interested in her friendship with Snoop Dogg, but that's, <laughs> that's fine, you know? If she is friends with Snoop Dogg, I'm automatically on board, you know? <laughs> I was always a fan of her, so I yes. think she's... Yeah, I never had hard feelings. I think, I think by the... D- during my youth, I was aware that she was the crafts lady, and then by the time I gained a social consciousness, she had left prison and then became friends with Snoop Dogg, and then I was like, oh, I'm down with this. Sorry, you do crafts and you do, you know, Snoop Dogg Maybe craft weed? time? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of weed? <laughs> Amazing. What a lady. Yeah. But I always think, like, like, whenever we're talking, because Halloween time's coming up, but whenever we're talking about Halloween... Everybody gets into fucking camps, and we're gonna be we're gonna be exploring that when we're doing tales of trick or treat. One of my, you know, one of our one of my favorite actors, Jimmy Duvall, he comes back and he's gonna be doing he's gonna be doing a little segment where it's gonna be kind of like old Halloween versus new Halloween, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of like, yeah, it's amazing how we can never really get over our fucking selves and just sort of understand that Halloween is multifaceted mm-hmm. and it's like. I can't, it's a, you can only be a goth. You can't be a perky goth. Oh it's like, get the fuck, fuck over yourself. Yeah. Right. No, I mean, as somebody who literally just created a whole ad campaign for a company and the premise is embrace new traditions and old traditions right. and you can have it all, like, this is particularly pressing to me <laughs> in this moment in time, right. but, you're like, fuck you, let me do what I want. And, I, <laughs> and that's actually... It's all valid. And that's something that I kind of look about our show, right? Yeah. It's because I am a bit older mm-hmm. i'm definitely you know you're not like a horror expert i'm maybe not the horror expert but you're i know pretty damn some, close <laughs> know some stuff but uh-huh. it's like it's not like you need to have you know you can have everything because it's like well if you guys listen to me all day long you'd fucking fall asleep to the droneness of my voice all right and it's like access makes everything more interesting because she's experiencing horror for the first time mm-hmm. and i think it's much cooler yeah and we've all got our own shit that we bring to it you know yeah. i mean we've you've all got stuff to say whether you're an expert or not and that's that's the way i think about it i always think it's like you know you're the next step in horror it's right because it's like you know you're the future of horror I'm... yeah and i mean i've certainly learned a shit ton in the last couple of years i mean coming up on two years of this podcast uh yeah i'm in way deeper than i ever planned to be in the horror world and the rabbit hole will go deeper still oh i count on it i count (laughs) on it i mean with you around i'm sure It'll get worse and yeah, worse. Yeah, it's and really worse. sweet because Monar has like offered me an out a few times to be right. like, you know, are you sure you're committed yeah. to this? I'm like, motherfucker, if you think I'm going anywhere, right. you are incorrect. No, I'm fucking staying, right? Yeah. <laughs> Axis is here to stay. <laughs> like, I've invested this much time. Like, I am committed to this. I have found a niche and I'm sticking with it, goddammit. But. <laughs> I think it, and yeah. I think the genre is going to benefit from it. Oh like, yeah, I mean, I hope so. I certainly I think am the genre benefiting. Already, technically, has benefited from it. It's just that all the listeners have to catch the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, don't shit on our listeners in our podcast. I, you know what? Most of my friends who are podcasters shit on the listeners. It's not about shitting on the listeners. It's just catch the fuck up. Yeah, We're I not think, shitting on any of you. I 
think we have to have a big enough audience to afford mm. losing some of them before we openly shit on them. But yeah, with all the love, all the love to the people who do listen. <laughs> yeah. We're going to probably do a lot more. I think that there will be times where as we go on, I think we're going to end up doing more like mini casts like this. I think that the safe room has proven that it's, yeah, yeah it's been, it's been fun for everybody. I just think that we might switch it out because this has mostly been created for the pandemic and yeah. as the pandemic hopefully fucking fades away <laughs> like we're gonna alright like you know yeah. let's not lie Um, you know we're gonna probably keep doing these until it's like oh the pandemic's officially over not mm-hmm. like assholes have just decided to stop wearing masks yeah alright yeah. We'll, we'll close the doors on this eventually, but I think that us doing mini podcasts or mini casts has been fun for us. I yeah, think absolutely. I'm glad we're getting back to this because that was it was a fun time when we were doing it more often and yeah. shit happened, you know, <laughs> in the interim. I mean, and you know what? Fans deserve, a, a, you know, yeah. listeners deserve an explanation. Essentially, um, uh, Bonaria runs we run Fright Club and Fright Club uh, used to do one program I wrote that program in my 20s then we uh, you know there was such demand for a second workshop that I put a pen to that and uh, through many many you know months of uh, not sleeping mm-hmm. and uh, more of a receiving hairline mm-hmm. uh, yeah I uh, you didn't have to fucking agree with that <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I, uh, you know, then I launched it, and you know, it's been successful. It has and been. So, yeah. See, your now version we can of go this, back to our regularly scheduled program. Right. Your version of this is much more polite, like, or at least more not more polite. <laughs> I would say like more like press releasey than mine. Mine was going to be that we just traded crises back and forth for oh, a few months. Oh, that's totally true, too. <laughs> there were moments where we were like, God damn, I hope Axe is okay. Yeah. God damn, I hope Moner's okay. I know. It's like, you know, you had a problem and then I'm like, then we're like, okay, we'll delay, we'll delay, it's fine. And then we finally get to the recording dates and then I had to write you and be like, I'm so sorry, I'm currently stuck in a hotel room in Connecticut and cannot leave for several days. And I was like, it's not the Yankee, is it? <laughs> It's not. It's not the fucking hotel across from the Yankee Yankee, peddler. Is it? it is yeah. neither. Yeah. So you know, all this to say, we're happy to be back. Hopefully, yeah. things will be more regular. We'll be back with a bang for Halloween. Um, yeah. Speaking of Halloween, of course, we do have to talk about the fact that as soon as we got to hang out, we did go to the Halloween section of Walmart and yeah. raid it. Yeah. It was it was very fun because Nina just watched me walk in with no cart and no basket right. in an attempt to limit myself and then pick up so many items that I could not hold them without dropping them and then went to go get me a cart, which was very thoughtful of her. <laughs> and I was just kind of like nodding off going, there's still not enough Halloween I stuff know, here. Yet. I know. That's the problem with living in the middle of fucking nowhere is it that you've got to mail spoil- order your Halloween early. I- I'm a spoiled baby. Actually, there is, you know, Andrea Subasadi, who's the editor over at Rumorg, she once said that she loved November 1st for, for her Halloween shopping. Because, <laughs> Absolutely. And I actually have to say, like, I was sitting there the other day and I was, like, walking around these emptier sections. I was like, you know, 
Andrea might have some. Uh, this, mm-hmm. She might have a point there. And, yeah, no. The, the, my two favorite days to shop are February fifteenth and November first. <laughs> 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 I buy myself some Good flowers days. and chocolate, and then a twelve-foot Halloween skeleton. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still so fucking pissed that I did not buy the the twelve-foot Home Depot skeleton last year, and it came out again this year, and I thought about it, but I think my dog would have an actual heart attack if I put a 12-foot skeleton on our lawn, so I will not yet in order to extend my dog's lifespan, but mark my goddamn words, one day I will have the 12-foot Home Depot skeleton. It will be mine. It would be really cool to find a way to put, like, extensions into the legs and the femurs, right, and the Mm -hmm. arms, and then, like... Get it to grow from time to time. <gasps> yes. Yeah. I really enjoyed I saw a TikTok the other day uh, of a guy who bought one, um, of course, while his partner was out at work. So it was a fun surprise when they got home. But they lived in a, ho- a house or an apartment with beautiful lofted ceilings, which meant that he could install the 12-foot skeleton indoors. Wow. Um, which is quite a thing to come home to. Let yeah. Me say. I will. I will also just put out there that if anyone ever wants to surprise me with an indoor twelve foot skeleton, you are more than welcome. I will love it. But <laughs> the <laughs> no, dogs most people go wouldn't. That shit. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. I'll. I'll have to wait until um, <laughs> I'm living separately from the family dog. Yeah. <laughs> but I... This is the same strategy. I, okay. Okay. I have to wait until I live. In a house without my dog, who I love. This is not me trying to escape my dog. This is just the reality that it is my parents' dog. Um, but <laughs> once I once I get out of a house with my dog, I can get A, the Home Depot skeleton, B, my goddamn Roomba. I have been obsessed with Roombas since I was, you know, a child and never had a Roomba-appropriate living, you know, situation. But... My God, I want a tiny baby robot that eats dirt so badly. That is the perfect creation. That is the pinnacle of man's engineering, and no one will convince me otherwise. I have. There's actually one. I've. I actually have had a fascination with them for a long time. I think that among the different variations of them, I like the gardening ones most <gasps> because you can set gardening up. Gardening Roombas. They're gardening Roombas that do. They they mow the lawn and they move around. Holy they're, shit! They're really I cool. never even knew this existed. I'm. I'm. They need sensors that get set up around yeah, the yard. Yeah, this makes sense. The thing is, people are always scared that people will try and carry them off and and uh, steal them. And oh. I always think, good fucking luck, a because they're so heavy. Right. And B, the other thing is also they're covered in blades. <laughs> right. You would think, right? People are like, oh my god, they yeah. could steal them. No, trust also, me, you fucking can't. Yeah, and also, like, I am aware that the point of a Roomba is that it can do its thing, like, without you having to pay attention to it. But if you think for a single second that I will possess a Roomba, or even better, a lawn Roomba, and not be watching it with doting attention the entire time it is there, and if there is the potential of theft, I will be there with a goddamn axe on my shoulder because nobody touches my you know, lawn Roomba. The other thing is, <laughs> just to add this in so everybody knows, in case you know, I'm sure everybody is already aware that um, Samuel L. Jackson has lent his voice to the smart home now, mm-hmm. and um, you know, you expect to hear motherfucker around the yard a lot more. <laughs> and I, I really can't wait until there's like a whole army of cursing, mo- lawn mowing, uh, oh. Samuel L. Jackson voiced oh, Roombas. This it's is what be my amazing. dreams are made of. Motherfucker, get off the lawn! <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that way, then there's, like, lawn defense as well. Like, 
Forget being stolen. They right. will maintain Sam, your borders. Sam will scare them the fuck off. Yeah. Right. Oh, you think you're going to come over here, motherfucker? Meet the weed whacker. <laughs> <laughs> it's home security and lawn maintenance all in one. <laughs> oh, and you will know my name is the lawn when I lay my vengeance upon thee. Okay. I'm, I'm going to say copyright, copyright, copyright. All of these ideas <laughs> are our personal property. But if there are any developers out nah, there, please contact I us for rights. I already know it. There's gonna be, it's going to be awesome. There's going to be like a fucking mug. We're going to walk in. We're going to see it's like a Halloween mug. Oh, like it's going to be fucking lawnmower Roomba with a Rufus wig on and the, and the mutton shops. Mm-hmm. And it's going to It's gonna be like, oh, they stole our idea. Oh, yeah, whatever. I know. I mean, like this is the one thing where like, would I like the rights to it? Yes. But also... If anyone makes it before I do, I will be minorly heartbroken, but mostly happy because it means I get to own it. <laughs> I'm going to be so entertained. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I can't be mad at somebody for living my dream, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, jealous, sure. You see, I don't see as living my dream. I see as actualizing Enabling. my yeah, fantasy. You're, you, yeah. That is very true. That is very true. Yeah, it's, it's a different thing. Like, I'm still fresh off the, you know, my, my feelings about the Olympics where, like... I don't know if you experienced this where when I was little, like when I was sub, you know, 14, I was like, wow, the Olympics are incredible. What a show of amazing, amazing expertise. Like these people are so incredible. Great, great, great. The year I became as old as the youngest athlete. Right. That began my descent into hell. <laughs> Where, like, I do not categorize myself as a jealous person in most wow. cases, but, but there, like, there was just this subtle decline as mm. I realized my diminishing potential. The, the most ridiculous part of this is never in a million years have I ever aspired to be an athlete. Right. I am the least sportsy person you have ever met. I cry if someone throws a ball at me because my hand-eye coordination is so bad. The only sport I've ever been good at is dodgeball (laughs) i am not an athlete there is not a chance in hell that i would have ever been in the olympics but there is still a part of me that just watches me become older and older and older than all of the olympians and go wait no my my like my years of potential are passing me by i mean i think that there's a lot of things where i think most people feel that way actually of course of course i think most people feel that way with child actors too like they look at child actors and they're like fuck man like i remember Mm -hmm. the first time i saw leo dicaprio i was like jesus yeah. That goes my Are you age. kidding me? What right. Like, fuck? this is the thing. Like, as, as somebody who came up as an actor and, like, I mean, I feel weird being like, I'm an actor because I just haven't been well, in play for years. But actor. yeah, but I'm an actor. Um, But, you know, mostly community theater stuff. But there is definitely that thing of, like, did I ever aspire to being a child actor specifically? No. But, like, especially as a woman, realizing that you were in your mid-20s and you were like, oh, no, I missed my window. <laughs> well, what am I... You know, one of my first friends in the in the horror field was actor Angus Scrim, and he gave me he was my first interview for Rumor. Mm-hmm. And Angus, uh, you know, didn't break in until he was much older. Right. He, which was, men can do. Women too. Very rarely. Very rarely, but it happens. It does happen too. But Angus made it in. I mean, Angus had been writing liner notes for Rolling Stones and writing for TV Guide. 
And, you know, he he didn't break in until he was like, you know, uh, I think I, I want to say, because I, I know my friend John Bowen's going to crucify me if I get this wrong. <laughs> I'm going to say uh, mid-50s, late-50s. Mm-hmm. And he played the tall man in uh, the Phantasm franchise, which he played in until he passed away. Um, and uh, he lived a, you know, a very full life. He was very loved by mm-hmm. everybody in the community. But if there's one thing that I've learned... Um, that kind of makes me erase that fear of my diminishing potential. Yeah. It's that the people who are guaranteed to never make it are just the people who go home. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, you, you know, you know, um, Angus was writing, you know, at TV Guide, you know, for years and years before he finally just got picked up one day. Right, you know? sure. I mean, and it's never just like you. Yeah. You didn't expect it to be like horror. Yeah, podcasts. exactly. No, this, is a, this is exactly that. the thing is that yeah. like, I think I have it's always what been. what you make of it. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. No, I've always been like preferred to be like a jack of all trades for a person versus sure. like putting all of my eggs in one basket. So I like to maintain multiple diverse interests. So that way, like I have a lot of opportunities in different areas. And the key for me is like, I'm a person that I can genuinely enjoy a lot of different stuff. Like it's mm. different if you're somebody who's like has known your entire life that whatever the fuck, it was like, just this one that, thing. yeah, marine biology is yeah, it's sure. that or nothing. Like in in that case, I good for you. I simply have no advice for you. But <laughs> 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 but for me, I like I never I try to never chain myself down to one thing. I like to be involved in a lot of different stuff. So there's opportunity in every direction, and that way, like. If I never become a Hollywood actress, that's fine because right. I have this thing going on. And if I never, you know, if the podcast never becomes huge, that's fine because I do writing on the side. If I have this, like, there's always something else happening and it doesn't have to be like a huge metric of success. I could just get to enjoy life in a lot of different avenues. Actually, you know? the whole thing is you'll meet a lot of people where they've, they've enjoyed immense success and they're fucking mm-hmm. miserable yeah, beyond words. And like, that's actually the big yeah. takeaway from right. this. Where... And notoriety is not the only measure of success. <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah. I didn't mean it that way, but yeah, I mean, that's another <laughs> one too. But a lot of my friends who've made it where... I've had a lot of friends who've made it where... And I'm not talking about horror. I'm talking mm-hmm. about other fields where... They're fucking more miserable now than when sure. we were in high school or when we sure. were kids because the, and it's not because you know they just they just first nobody ever expects to be successful mm-hmm. you know it's kind of like I, I actually learned it when I was young I I was a telemarketer for a few months when I was sixteen oh what fun and um, yeah for AT and T. And it was really funny because you'd be like, no, 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 yes. Wait, yes? What the (laughs) fuck do you mean yes? What do you mean yes? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of, you know, a lot of success in the field is like that where people, they don't expect to make it at all. And then once they finally do, they're like, people will come to you and be like, I I ran it. Yeah. What what the fuck (laughs) happens now? Yeah. It's like, hey, dipshit, try and enjoy it. I know. Yeah. Try to, (laughs) yeah, try not to lose your shit. Yeah. It's like, it's a fun up and down because, like, I feel like I've had both sides of it because, like, I was brought up as an insufferable, like, gifted and talented child Uh who spent my entire life with every family member being like, you're going to be a doctor. Oh my gosh. You're going to be on Broadway. And I'm like, okay, cool. You're fucking jets because now I'm 13 and in a crisis. Right. (laughs) So, you know, I've come down off of that much more reevaluated my own aspirations and my own measurement of success and essentially just chilled the fuck out a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like incredibly reduced my type A tendencies through 
lots of work on myself, which I suppose is also rather type A of me. But, <laughs> but you know, better for right my mental health a. in the long yeah, right. better for my mental health in the long run. And now, like, I feel like I've reached a healthy equilibrium where, like, if I attain any degree of success by my own standards or others. It's just, you know, it's a nice surprise, but right. I'll, I'll be happy along the way. And that's, and that's fine. I've met a lot of successful people who have no idea who the fuck they are. Right. That's another big thing. Yeah. So no, and that's, that's I always want to know who I am at the root of that. And mm-hmm. that, that's the most important thing. Yeah. And going back to the notoriety thing, I don't know if you heard, cause the Emmys just happened a night or two ago Mm-mm. and Michaela Cole, who, um, no. she's brilliant. She's okay. brilliant. She, did I knew her because of the uh, comedy series on Netflix, Bubblegum? No, Chewing Gum. Sorry, Chewing okay. Gum, that came out a, years back, um, where she was brilliantly funny. But then she did I Will Destroy You, that came out. Uh, mm-hmm. It's been coming out. Yeah, yeah, I think she did two seasons of. I still haven't watched because I am not ready to be emotionally devastated in that way. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but I have heard only incredible things. Anyway, she just won an Emmy for her writing, and she gave a lovely speech that I totally recommend listening to. But to paraphrase a little snippet of it, she talked about how success is so frequently measured by notoriety and by visibility. And Mm -hmm. if you're not saturated in the spotlight and garnering this attention, you feel like you're going to fall off the face of the earth and you're not going to have success anymore. And she basically was recommending that you let the fuck go and you just... you take yourself away and allow yourself to sit in silence every now and then because you'll never know what comes to you in that space and that's where she got so much great creative work was literally just sitting with herself mm-hmm. and having that freedom which I think is so undervalued uh, and I can tell you why it's because mm-hmm. people are terrified of being yes, alone with themselves absolutely because that terrified can be so dark exa- you know and that's just it you know it's only dark in the beginning yes. and it's only dark if you if you enter it and you approach it going mm-hmm. Oh my God, I don't know the answer to this. I need to stop doing this and need to like engage right. in some Starbucks and maybe some Tinder porn. Or it's like, no, dude, you know what? <laughs> sit down. Yeah. Sit back down. Enjoy it. Right. Enjoy not understanding it. And maybe let those questions take you yes. somewhere. Yeah. And I think yeah. the problem too is that a lot of people that I know who struggle with self-introspection and don't enjoy that process... It's because they don't do it until they're in crisis. Correct. So when you start a process of self-introspection in crisis, yeah, that shit sucks. <laughs> but if you're like multi, you know, if you're like microdosing the self-introspection process, it's kind of like any like, other. Do- it's yeah. like any other. It's like any other lifestyle habit. Uh-huh. It's like, oh my god, I need to have a triple bypass. <laughs> it's like, yeah, dude, right, don't um, let it get there. Yeah. Yeah, no, instead, like, you sit back and be like, you know, do I, how do I feel about the person I am today? How did I get here? What have I done? And just, like, you know, have those thoughts. And maybe like, don't be so judgmental of yourself. Right? Yes. Because we all fuck up. Mm-hmm. We all fuck up. Yeah. You're going to fuck up one way or the other. Because, and that's a weird thing that I have to talk a lot about with other people, mm-hmm. where they go, sometimes I think I'm so privileged, I'm so this, I'm so that. Sometimes I think, you know what, you know what, those are all valid possibilities. Sure. But attacking yourself, guess what? You just gave yourself one more fucking problem you didn't need. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. And yeah, people playing, you know, the suffering Olympics. Like, it's <sighs> it's so funny, too, how many people... It's not funny. But it's, it's... it's amusing how many people I see, like try to ascribe trauma to themselves mm-hmm. like because they because I, I they feel know, that like, that needs to be what defines them right yeah. right that they need something to make their experience 
have more merit. I think a lot of it comes down to like, there are people who legitimately feel like they haven't suffered enough. And I'm like, baby, we've all suffered. (laughs) We all have our own crosses to bear. Like if you feel like you didn't have it bad enough, then good for you. Maybe it's still coming. So enjoy what you've got. That's true too. But also I was like, there's a lot. Yeah. Sorry. Use the blessing for something instead of that, you know, use it, use it for something where it's like, and don't, you know, don't, hobble yourself yes right go out there and take the freedom take the privilege and then use it to do something better Mm -hmm. and you know maybe do it in a way where i don't know don't fucking judge other people Mm -hmm. you know because you know you have a vantage point that they don't just always just try and pay it forward because but but people don't people you know you may not have had it paid forward from someone else it might have been circumstance yeah it's tough it's tough to like I think it can be hard if generosity and sharing wasn't modeled for you to sure. know how to take those first steps. Sure. And, you know, learning how to break out of that is well, I would say, a lot. Min- <laughs> okay, so, yeah, you know what? Then let me give some advice. Go out there, watch human suffering. Don't mimic it. Yeah. <laughs> try, try to alleviate right. it, right? Right, yeah. Look for solutions rather than right. problems sometimes. See, person is hungry on street, needs food. Make sandwich for person. Yeah. Don't sit down next to them and go, I'm hungry too. It's mm-hmm. like, no, you're fucking not. You can go to a Quiznos. <laughs> yeah, go to no, a Quiznos, I... buy, buy the sandwich, split it in two, walk mm-hmm. back down, sit next to the person, go, hey, want to share a sandwich with me? Make a right. friend. I know. It seemed like it's so hard because like it seems so obvious, but then I realize sometimes it isn't. It like isn't. I saw I saw a tweet just last night that somebody was like, this woman was like, yeah, um, I left dinner, saw a homeless man rooting through the garbage, and so I handed him my leftovers. And then my boyfriend asked why I did that. So I broke up with him. (laughs) (laughs) See? See, this is not an opportunity for education. This is a moment where you go... Hi, what's your name? Chuck. Chuck, you know, you're rooting through the garbage. Could you do my boyfriend a favor? Could you explain to him what led you to this point, please? So that, you know, maybe my boyfriend can think about this a bit. Yeah, no, she was, she was lovely. She was like, look, I'm not, I'm not even trying to shit on this man, like on my boyfriend, like my ex-boyfriend. Like, I just, I don't have the space in my life to right. take, the, to try to explain everything that needed to be explained to that man. Like, that is not my job. I, I was like, that's damn correct. That's true. I could also say that we're going to meet a lot of people in our lives. And, and I know this because I've, I've unfortunately floated in and out of a lot of bad situations in my lifetime. I can say that um, we are going to all end up in places with people where we may not have our, the space in our lives for it, but life isn't going to care and they're going to sure. shove us in rooms with those people. Yes, yeah. And we're going to have to learn to slowly find ways to 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 speak with them because... Mm-hmm. Uh, they're gonna outnumber us if we keep if we keep you know shutting yeah. them out. Yeah, like yeah, that's as somebody who's worked in educational spaces and particularly like, cultural education and stuff. Like, I like I always like to clarify that it is never your obligation it to isn't. educate somebody. Right. However, if you've ever got the energy to do it, it might be a damn good idea. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like you know, if you if you've ever got a moment, you're like, yeah, I can do this today. 
maybe just think about it because like you're just saving somebody else down the road right like there are moments one of the trends that that because i one trend that i find is kind of weird in social media that's been popping up more and more lately is we have people who speak in memes Mm -hmm. where it'll be like more rights for you doesn't mean less rights for everyone else totally true totally valid memes and platitudes yeah which are easy to well my point is it's like Okay, so say somebody doesn't understand, and then you defriend the person. Here's the problem. A meme cannot ever, because a meme is like usually like max, mm-hmm. like 180 words, yeah, right? Yeah. 180 characters. Um, sorry, guys. I sound like a fucking dinosaur, right? <laughs> I apologize. I'm going to be 40 next year, mm-hmm. God willing. Um, <clears throat> so here's the thing. A meme can't really take up, uh, you know, it can't really make up for underlying knowledge right right so like e equals mc squared that's a super short sentence that's a theory of relativity yeah does it explain itself yeah to if the you layman? defriend a person no. because they don't understand e equals mc yeah. squared i got news for you right you're being kind of an obnoxious jerk and yeah. you're also you know it may be it may disturb you to have to explain to other people that um that you know things like critical race theory right mm-hmm. that, that, that that's that that's an important thing to understand and why it's an important thing mm-hmm. to understand. But, like, you know, uh, yeah. those are important things. We can't just summarize them in 180 characters and then hope that somebody picks it up right off the right. bat. We need yeah. to... Ha- I mean, yeah, like, do not waste your energy arguing with people who are intentionally obtuse. Oh, yeah. But... No, arguing never, against yeah, it. Right, exactly. But, like, you can... I feel like... Blaming somebody for their own lack of access to information Correct. is a disservice to everybody involved. Right, and and that is that's like anybody so ever watched clear. great movie with dem- with uh, Sylvester Stallone is called Three uh, Demolition Man. Mm-hmm. You know, in the future, everybody wipes their ass with three seashells. <laughs> And yeah, and Rob Schneider's like, hey, he doesn't know how to use the three seashells. And you're going, you know what? You're the douchebag. Yeah. Not not the guy who's been frozen for like 3,000 years. Yeah, yeah, eh? yeah, that's right. Like, it's about the same thing. He doesn't know how to use the three seashells. It's the same thing. It's like, hey, he doesn't understand critical race theory. It's like, haha, you know what? No one likes a fucking know-it-all. Yeah, yeah. As somebody who has been the insufferable know-it-all many times in my life, <laughs> me too. <laughs> Took me a long time of being a condescending prick to get to this moment. Uh huh. Yeah. You can still hear it in my voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No wonder we the two crew of us crew get along forever. well. <laughs> <laughs> For most of the other crews like this too. Yeah, we're, we're all insufferable assholes. Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny because like I, people always talk about like kind of you know like oh what's your Hogwarts house and <laughs> and people who don't know me very well like will often it's funny. The, I'm very grateful nobody ever thinks that I'm a Gryffindor because that is the polar opposite of my personality. <laughs> However. People who don't know me well will invariably peg me either as a Hufflepuff or a Slytherin, given what limited view of me they have seen. <laughs> and me. then anybody who has t- actually had a full conversation Raven with me Claw. and yeah, realized how fucking insufferable I am, <laughs> and what a pedant I am, knows immediately that I am a Ravenclaw. Right. <laughs> Like, I will spend the next 20 minutes talking about the correct etymology so in case of a word. ever wonders about me, because this, this, this always comes up with me, too. So, 
I am, uh, I've tried to be a Gryffindor many times. I keep getting sorted back to Slytherin. <laughs> Big fucking surprise. I can tell you, I remember coming home watching, like, I think it was like the uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. The best and one, And sitting yes. there with, yeah, hands down. Best book, best movie. And sitting there. The two are opposite things, but both the best. Okay, continue. S- sitting there with, like, some... Um, with, with, uh, one, another member of our group, Leah, and I was mm-hmm. like, I would have been, I would have been sent to Azkaban and like, <laughs> first, the minute I learned those curses, I'd have been like, a vodka, a vodka, a vodka. I'm like, dude, this, there's this, this mute button for, uh-huh. for shutting people the fuck up. Like Minerva uh-huh. McGonagall would have been dead. The for the I'm sorry, but the people who would have been dead, I'd have been like 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 Charlie Brown with a shotgun on a Columbine dead. It'd have been like it would have been like okay, let's see who would I've gone through. I would have totally done. Uh, what's the name of the dipshit with the cat? Filch? Yeah, Filch. Filch is dead. His cat is dead. No, Mrs. Norris! Mrs. That's Norris is totally dead. That's a cat, you she, asshole! She goes first no. in front of Filch, and then Filch is dead. No, I'm kidding. And then, no, no, but really, like, it would have been like McGonagall. Snape would have totally yeah, been I mean, gone. The story would have been so much shorter if somebody just Avada Kedavra'd on bridge. Like, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, they'd have made, they'd have, they'd have hauled me off, just like, just like Barty Crouch. I'm Lee Welcome back as a hero! As a hero for killing uh-huh. that bitch. You yeah, know? yeah. The best part of this The centaurs are like mm-hmm. slow clapping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the best part of this is that the man who is like, oh yeah, I would have gone to murder spells immediately is also the man who not an hour ago was trying to dissuade me from fucking around with a soda stream and trying to carbonate like non-water beverages. I'm like, oh no, it can't be that bad. And he's like, oh no, it'll be difficult. And like, let me fuck around and find out. I don't blame you. <laughs> also, yeah. very cute that you ever tried to be anything other than a Slytherin. That's very cute. I did. I've always tried. I mean, there's one thing I always believe in is that we should always try to better ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then, you know. Well, it, that's also assuming that <laughs> Slytherins are bad. And as as somebody like. <laughs> Lady, let's get fucking real. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> there is not a single person in the entire Slytherin group. That's good. In- incorrect. There is not, like, in the Draco Malfoy Death Eater fan club, but there were a lot of other Slytherins. Um, I don't... Look, I am somebody that has... I have a lot of very passionate Harry Potter friends, and a lot of them are Slytherins, and they will give you a multi-page treatise on all of the virtues of Slytherins, which is a very Slytherin thing of them to do. It really is. But... It's like, here's our press. It's like Yes, they have the press release absolutely set in Bullshit. stone. <laughs> right. Sorry, wasn't Rita Skeeter one? I don't remember. Pretty yeah, sure. Also, the other thing I'll say too, though, is that like, my opinion on Harry Potter these days is like fuck J.K. Rowling and well, like it's, I mean, it's what we saying. want now. So I feel like the Harry Potter universe has extended so far beyond the lazy writing that J.K. did that yeah, know, I think that I think that the Slytherin universe has expanded <sighs> as well. Look into beyond being just like we're the bad guys. <laughs> like, I mean that's true. But yes, that is that is a broader conversation of what you consider to be part of the Harry Potter pantheon. 
I yeah, I would have totally used all three of those curses though, like immediately. Yes, yes. Everything I, like mm-hmm. the minute I saw Mad Eye going like you and he like Engorgio Imperio, I was like, oh, yeah. This I mean, was this like I had my own creepy crawler set right in the yeah, fucking I mean, castle. It's, it's literally the thing. It's like the it's the test you know they give toddlers of like. I'm going to, here's a marshmallow. I'm going to leave the room. You know, don't eat it until I get back. You would have shoved that marshmallow so far down your throat the second, before the door was even closed. No, No, I'd have shoved it into Neville's mouth and then I'd have engorged it until his body exploded. Okay. Like me, I would have gone fucking, I really would have gone crazy. I always thought about that. Like in my, in my kitchen, in my, um, in my coffee corner, I have the, I actually have um, a 3D printed Elder Wand mm-hmm. and I snapped it in just the places where Harry did and I taped it back as if like uh-huh. I found it in the ruins. I actually have fan fiction where I find it and I'm just like, <laughs> all the bad shit I would do with just uh-huh. the remnants of the magic I'm not supposed to have. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I mean, I believe that. I do enjoy, though, the, the Neville story here, that it is it is just you once again trying to recreate the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man in another area of litter. It's like another area it's of the canon. Yeah. 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 While we were Halloween shopping, that was the thing that you were consistently most excited to see was the Stay Puffed Marshmallow it was. Man. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, the Cruciatus curse, I don't know. It's always something where it's a special thing. I'd have to think about it for a while, but I'd, I'd definitely find places for it. I mean, I think the thing that I'd probably do first, though, is, like, I would probably break the laws of reality mm-hmm. and try and get into the multiverse and get, like, Nancy Downs. <laughs> and, like, yeah, I'd try and get all mm-hmm. the all the witches, like Sabrina Morningstar. So I'm just going to say right now that what you're doing is relatively close to the plot of the Hocus Pocus sequel novel, right. as we discussed last year. You're like, mm, the ones on this plane of reality are not enough. See, the thing right. I think about is that like, I am a pretty insufferable pacifist at the core. Like, yeah. I enjoy violence as a hobby, but, right. like, when it comes to actual confrontation, yeah. like, I I do tend to take the passive route. Like, I try to avoid squishing mosquitoes when I can because right. I'm like, oh, no, I feel bad. Um, again, unsurprisingly, I do feel worse for bugs and animals than I do for most humans, but I digress. Mm. Um, yeah, the thing that always confused me is that Harry Potter went through seven full books of hell, of fighting, you know, the worst, most evil people that he could find. And he still used the same, you know, disarm and shield spells the whole time. Like, I get wanting to take a pacifist route and not, you know, not go with deadly spells, but there are so many other things you could have done. There are thousands of other creative spells he could have used. He could have dropped shit from the ceiling. He could have removed the floor from under them. He could have disapparated. He could have done so many things. He's like, no, Expelliarmus, Dark Lord. Like, he's book seven, and he's shit. Expelliarmusing his way through shit? Like, what the fuck? You know, the part of me, the thing is... Snape is actually where I got annoyed. It's like, please take my tear and see my treasure. I'd be like, you know what? You know what? While we're here, here, take my tear. Here, here. Put that uh-huh. in there. 
Let me just stick your dying head into the pensive and let me just show you what you've put me through. How's uh-huh. that? Yeah, do not give me... Yeah, I'm not giving you a redemption arc after you mercilessly bullied a child. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, and also had a creepy, horny boner for my mom for years. Like, <laughs> right. this is not a redemption. Well, you know what? No, no, listen. Creepy, horny boners for moms. I understand. That's right. okay. Sure, but... All right, not for Harry. Creepy, horny boners for mom... But... But then taking it out on her son because Fucked she had the nerve up. to fuck a different man? Right, like, no, oof. that's not cool. Oof. Not yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, no good. Yeah, the thing that peeved Moments me... Moments you wish Negan <laughs> had a spell one. <laughs> the thing that always made me the most mad about Harry <laughs> Potter is because, you know, I grew up on Harry Potter. I was there. I was, you know, in my teens, like, waiting for the last <laughs> book to drop. I was so sure that Harry Potter had to die. I like she laid the groundwork for Harry Potter to die and like for Neville to be the other chosen one and I know that was all a red herring. But I cannot describe with how annoying Harry became after book three. Like, books, it went downhill book four onward. Book five was a fucking pit of despair. Right. Like, I was so ready for him to die. I was yeah. like, it can be a noble sacrifice, whatnot. Just like, right. as long as I don't have to deal with Harry anymore, anymore in the Harry Potter novels, I will be satisfied. And they almost did it. And then I was even robbed of that. Oh, yeah. Again, um, oh, sorry for any spoilers, but uh, I, you've we had a long do time. do that in this show. Yeah. <laughs> you should know that by now. I mean, usually we attach the title of the thing we're about to spoil up front. But, right. <laughs> you know, I think I think if you made it this far in, you uh, you yeah. know what's up. <laughs> I mean, I think the thing is, part of me is really, part of me was really, really happy with the fact that Voldemort basically fucked up and split up his soul so many times yes. that he was like in transit yes. forever. Uh-huh. I love that. That was, like, my favorite part of the whole novel. Everybody's like, what about him growing up? I'm like, fuck that. The mm-hmm. fact that this guy is in that much pain. Yeah, it's this awesome. guy inflicted the worst Faustian bargain on himself. <laughs> right. But he found the worst one, and then it did it seven times. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was, that, that was perfect, He didn't even need encouragement. He right. just, he fucked it all up, all on his own. <laughs> I mean, and the funny thing was, that was coming one way or the other, because mm-hmm. eventually he was going to run out of Monopoly cards to get him out of jail free. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, nobody thinks they're gonna run out of Monopoly cards. Jeff Bezos certainly doesn't, <laughs> and you know, eventually. <laughs> right. Eventually, that shit's gonna hit home. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he'll probably go to space a couple more times first. But probably. Alas, what can you do? <laughs> I wish you know. I really want to see though. I'd love to see a Harry Potter, a multiverse where we get Negan. At, with with like a little wand, a little Lucille <laughs> wand with the barbed wire wrapped around it, and he's Aww. just like there, and like Severus is on his knees, like you're Severus, right? I'm Negan. <laughs> like just <laughs> watching that, love to see that as a t-shirt, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I love how many of your uh, creative crossover ideas end in t-shirt designs. <laughs> I, I, there's actually been a few where that's happened. I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does. You would hate me for the one that has actually been. Oh, I'll no. show it to you, but you know, <laughs> you're going to fucking hate me. Great. Yeah. So much to look forward to after this recording. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not supposed to talk about it, but I could definitely show you the design. Yeah, I'm sure it broke some copyright and some moral sensibilities. Oh! Yeah. Uh-huh. It's I was almost really, like I know you or something. I was, it was actually one of my first interviews. I was so proud with the resulting design. I was like, Mwah. And I was like, I was like that's what I'm here for. 
Oh, man. Yeah, I know. It's, Everyone's your creative like, spirit cannot be contained within the boundaries of the law and ethics. Yeah, everyone else wants to be the pumpkin king, the pumpkin queen, the pumpkin prince. I'm, I'm the pumpkin knave. I came here um, I came. <laughs> I came here with the potato peelers to, you know, to do the like the fucking Chelsea grin on horror. It's gonna be great. <laughs> yeah, I just I think at this point I would just most like to be a pumpkin. Period. Like yeah. I think that sounds peaceful. Um, but yeah. you know that's that's fine. That's we'll call that part of like my cottagecore sensibility. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just let me join the pumpkin patch. <laughs> Well, you'll be there eventually. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's true. I don't need to rush things. And yeah, that would be nice. You know, like how some people like get buried under like a walnut tree or something. So yeah. they rain nuts on people forever. Um, you know, or whatever, whatever lovely choice people have. Like, I feel like you could do well, like buried in a pumpkin patch. Okay. That, that would feel apropos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what, what other crazy shit have we been up to before we... Uh... Um, yeah, the, the update, once again, I am still going strong on Animal Crossing. Um, it mm. continues, it persists. The long, dark night of Animal the Crossing. Long, yeah, the long, dark night of Animal Crossing. It's unending. I will report that after I did make it over the full year mark, I have missed a couple of days due to extenuating circumstances, mm. but I still have a near-perfect record of, of daily check-ins to my island, um... I'm running out of space for new villagers because I have so many that I love. So, you know, good good things are happening in the Animal Crossing so universe. Like, do you think you could ever see yourself directing an Animal Crossing horror movie? Absolutely not. I will right. not sully my beautiful, peaceful world. Right. right. So no. it's going to have to be me who does it. Right. Yeah, and that is the day when we will finally come to come to arms. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, there are... Like, no I, Mona, right? I'm mm-hmm. vegan. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> there are so many, like, there are so many fucked up territories already and usually like I'm in support of that obviously I'm here but (laughs) (laughs) but there are some pure pieces in the world of just of just peaceful enjoyment that I'm like this one does not need the gritty reboot (laughs) Animal Crossing is is one where I will allow it to be peaceful but you know people have people have gone in other directions there's I think it's called Cozy Grove there's a spinoff that has happened that's I mean it's not a spinoff it's a it's, you know, spiritual successor to the Animal Crossing franchise uh-huh. where everybody's like spooky little creatures out in the woods. You play uh-huh. as a little witch. So it's not horror, but, you know, it's another step in that direction. So give it another 10 years and you might see something more in the direction that you're going. No, I've been seeing more and more people trying to do Animal Crossing um, horror shorts and stuff. It's sure. I mean, of course, people will riff on everything. There's horror Animal Crossing. There is... Unfortunate Animal Crossing pornography, you name it, it no. exists because the internet. I always feel like pornography is the most lazy thing ever. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, let's do here. The, the, I, I can't say which HWA official it was, but it was one of the higher ups uh-huh. where I was like, I was just, you know, I just logged into Wattpad and I put it on my story and like a lot of Harry Potter erotica. Uh-huh. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, a lot of uh, guy on guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. a non-consensual, unfortunately, yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, and you're just sitting there and you're going, yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, we can't have anything nice. Yeah, pornography, like, video pornography of, like, major media franchises right. is the funniest thing in the world to me because I really enjoy them for the comedic potential of exactly, like, measuring exactly how little time they're willing to put into, you know, following a plot. Correct. Like, yeah. th- there will be... They will go through all the effort of creating 
relatively intricate Star Wars costumes, you know, minus coverage of the genital areas. Mm. And then, you know, have about 30 seconds of exposition of, oh no, we need to go to Azeron. And then it is all lost for just mindless fucking for the next 45 minutes. And I'm like, you went to all this trouble and that's all you did? Right. (laughs) I mean, sure, I know, like, people are here for something in particular, but just seems like a waste in preparedness it's a weird thing because that's actually been a conversation i've had with friends who do write for that sort of stuff where really? they're like, yeah. Uh, yeah okay i'm curious what is their take on that the take is that it's a uh, lazy writing and that there could be more innovation and mm-hmm. that um i i myself also believe that it would be more interesting if there was more comedy added into it yes. i think that uh, I came from a generation where, in, in you know, my generation in high school, you know, uh, we would watch a mixture of kung fu movies and pornography after school. And so... Wholesome. Wholesome. It, yes. Well, we all laughed. I mean, we had a good time. <laughs> it was just, that's what we did. And so you'd just be sitting there and just be... You'd listen to the really stupid things people would say mm-hmm. mid-coitus because they were trying to adhere to the script of, of the shitty storyline. Yeah, I mean, right and... in front of my salad, we know the we know the drill. Exactly. <laughs> you know. Yes. Yeah. It, yeah. But yeah. I'm your stepmom, and I poop from there is one of my favorite, <laughs> you know, funnier yeah, I mean, dialogues. That one, lemon stealing horrors, is another classic. Like, right. It, 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 the comedy generated is truly jaw-dropping. Yeah, I, I think in terms of pacing, the reason I find it particularly abrasive is because I come from, like, my background in romance, I think, really came to fruition. Like, the part where I was like, oh, no, this is a fun genre, really came to a head with Jane Austen. Mm-hmm. So I expect a shit ton of yearning. The romantic arcs I like are, like, 95% yearning and just, like, repression before you get to anything good. So, like, I'm I'm not saying porn has to be that way, but like I think maybe I expect a little more balance, like a little more prolonged introduction before they get into it. I think it's also that actually, okay, so that's, I mean, if we're going to go there, that's actually an interesting, (laughs) no, it is is an an interesting attribute to that that setup. So, like, there's always this, um, The, the repression is actually a big element that doesn't mm-hmm. really get covered. Everything is always, it goes straight to the deed. Mm-hmm. And there's not really a lot of, um, well, I mean, engorgement. Um, <laughs> you know, there's not mm-hmm. a lot of proper discoloration. Uh-huh. Not a lot of the right, you know, uh, you know, because part of the act is the yearning to get to the climax of the act and so and even of course teasing to get to the climax mm-hmm. of the act so to do that with things like pumpkins or things of that nature it's uh it's a tricky thing and so you find that it's really either a lazy programmer or a lazy writer and it's just it's unfortunate because but i mean to be honest uh this is something where it's a breadless art at the moment <laughs> it's not something yes. where it's not like you're really getting an entire design team no. where where you know there's 30 people sitting in a rec room you know you know tossing around a hacky sack trying to like you know come up with ideas for how their people are going to get their rocks off watching. I wish there was Me though. too. That's Me too. I think great. that those I think that that is a worthwhile endeavor. Yeah. Because we've seen that like if anybody's ever gone to Pornhub and typed in Halloween just for shits and giggles you're going to see about, <clears throat> you know, I think it's 180 
384 pages. You know the number? I do. <laughs> it doesn't take long. You just click to the fucking end. Uh-huh, and it's uh-huh. still growing, you mm-hmm. know? Okay. Link giggity. Um, you know, so like, yeah, there's there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, it's not like the market's not there for it. It's just that. Uh, it's like B-movie horror. There's a lot of lazy guys with whose dads gave them trust funds and they're just like sitting there, you know, doing nothing really important. And it's just, you know, it doesn't really advance the art. I'm actually, and to bring this to something really weird, I'm actually on the, <laughs> oh, good. to make this even more weird, uh-huh, I am very much on the side of feminist horror critics who go... We don't really put a lot of attention and time into, um, or, or, you know, it's what we do with horror is very sexist very often. I agree, but my, you know, the one thing that I kind of disagree with is that, um, we hear the, we hear the calling out, but we don't hear the, um, the alternative suggestions. And I think that, um, of course, no horror critic, male or female, is under any obligation to give uh, their suggestions of what they think would be good ideas. Mm-hmm. But I do think that, you know, it might not be the worst idea that if you're writing for one of the mainstream publications to throw it out there. Because, you know, maybe, yeah. just maybe, you can change the field for the better. Because if you have the education and the background and the knowledge to say this is wrong for this reason, Mm -hmm. then you also know more than likely than not what the solution is. Sure, sure. I mean, I think it's it's a tough issue of visibility because then you're talking about, like, the people who are frequently doing innovative stuff are, like, small indie filmmakers and people without a budget. And so they've always been trying to, you know, push forms and create the art that they want to see, which is great, because but you don't have the visibility of somebody who's, like... You're, you're like you're basically waiting for somebody who's either a major filmmaker or Correct. a major critic or somebody to make that leap into like taking the stance in a larger way. But then there's so much against that that very few people are willing to. And what we're really trying to say there is we're waiting for somebody else with more money to make a decision for us artistically. Yeah. And that's a mistake. Yeah. Yeah, that's a mistake. Right. I, everybody keeps waiting for you know a green right. light that nobody it's else like, wants to give. It's like well, and like look at who the people who've been fucking leading the way are, mm-hmm. right? Harvey Weinstein, Joss Whedon. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh, you're wondering why things ain't fucking changing? Uh-huh. Yeah, reason Shocking. why? Yeah, I got right. some ideas. Yeah, and I I think is. At a time where a lot of people feel vulnerable, given yeah. some shakeups in the industry, I think a lot of people are even less willing to rock the boat yep. than they were before. Yep. <laughs> so with a dis- like don't now that do it. Right, take exactly. a sledgehammer to the middle of the fucking ship. <laughs> yeah, like now that there's finally the opportunity for shakeup, everybody's terrified to do <laughs> right. that. So yeah. I want to meet SpongeBob Scary Pants. Come on, start smashing the middle of this motherfucker. Don't you? Know? Yeah. Don't wuss out. Have fun. Yeah. You know? Everybody, you know, the funny thing is the people, people always want to play it safe. People who play it safe don't get remembered. Fucking Nicolas Cage, you know, <laughs> there's someone you fucking remember, right? Nicolas Cage, bless his heart and his willingness to do every Everything. fucked project under the right. sun. Nicolas Cage, like, is 
every story you hear about Nicolas Cage sounds fake. Like, I have never heard a story about Nicolas Cage and gone, oh, yeah, that sounds right. Like, no. The only way I've achieved that is by saturation in Nicolas Cage stories that have made me expect the most batshit option in every given situation, and then it makes sense. Right. I'm like, now, as a collection, the amalgamated who-the-fuck-knows of Nicolas Cage, like, now things, you know, start to come That's together. That's an interesting but, place. Right. Yeah, but the willingness of Nicolas Cage to just hop onto a project and be like, yeah, sure, okay. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I kind of takes the fun out of it. <laughs> it's jaw-dropping. I, like, I respect that greatly. Like, he's... No other man on this planet no, is I mean, willing to fuck around and find out that Nicholas That's true. Cage. But when he's like, but he's like, oh yeah, sure I'll do it. He's kind of like, man, that kind of that kind of killed it. I was I was kind of waiting for you to say <laughs> no to me five or six times. I didn't think I was getting fucked up enough here. You know? Nope, nope. Nicholas Cage is in for a penny, in for a pound. He's yeah. gonna give you the Nicholas Cage experience. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think that um, when we're talking about like long term. Um, what's going on with horror and and how it can be improved. I think horror can get a lot more insane. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's here for, isn't it? (laughs) I think it's, yeah, I think that's actually horror's job by definition is to disturb. And I think that the only way we can disturb in this particular reality is, um, well, by thinking a bit more outside the box. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's tough too, like, especially at this moment in time, like I've uh, heard to top the news. Yeah, exactly. Like (laughs) I have heard so many people like, like here's what my therapist talked about today, but like everybody's coming to the realization that we have reached this like trauma saturation as like societally of just like, being drowned in bad news constantly has like dulled us so much to both positive and negative reactions to stuff. And so in this like in this place, especially when young younger audiences, like the people who are going to be the next generation of horror audiences, yep. are coming of age in a time when everything is essentially trauma porn, is yeah. <laughs> how the fuck do you write for them <laughs> when every day of your life is like a sea of shit? <laughs> yeah. it's got to be something different. It's yeah. got to be something different. Because if the and bar's already on the floor, yeah. as you would say, right? Yes, yes, Weird. as I would say. <laughs> yeah. How do we go below or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm... You don't. You go higher. Yeah. I Like, I am somebody, too, with, like... I think I'm, I'm biased and, like... I am like a Gen Z millennial cusp in which I am blamed for all of the millennial problems and mm-hmm. not cool enough to be oh, a Gen yeah. Z baby. But yeah. I have a firmly Gen Z sister and I have just like so much faith and optimism in the potential of Gen Z that I'm just like, I can't wait to see what they do when they get their hands on the horror industry. Like I'm genuinely excited because it's going to be depraved, but I think I'll enjoy it. I think. Yeah, I think that that's just it. It's it's about getting that depravity to just the right balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I still want the same things though. I want I I the big things I want are I want juxtaposition. I really want Idris Elba, Ryan Reynolds <laughs> naked, running through the woods, big close-ups on their testicles. You bouncing. are a man of simple pleasures. Yes. I am. I am. Uh huh. You know, it's funny. I had this conversation once with um with um one of the one of the major editors over in the horror world we had a conversation one night where i said like well why didn't x brand you know put money into a slasher why did they go for art house 
And the person said to me, it would have been a stain on the brand. I, I, I got to this point where I went, get the fuck out of here. You know, I actually said, I said to a lot of guys, like, you know, if it was me in terms of like the horror genre, I would have called up every single model. But, you know, here's the thing. It wouldn't be the 80s where I'm calling in a bunch of girls and say, take off your shirts. I'd have walked, I'd, I've brought in like a hundred really attractive people. I've been like, get naked. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Jump up and down. <laughs> we're going to do, we're going to do jumping jacks. And we're going to do all Okay. I'm going to get all of you. We're going to get all your flesh here on camera. Okay. <laughs> I know. I know. Just trust me on this. <laughs> and we're going to find out which one of you guys jiggled the best with the test oh, audience. God. Right. And it's like, and then we're going to go and we're going to actually write up a real backstory for a female slasher. And she's going to be on fucking real scary. <laughs> Like, we are going to have a girl who is basically, like, fucking Usagi Yohimbo, <laughs> like, in the woods fucking hunting guys down. That's what I want to see. Like, mm -hmm. a girl who's five feet, no, fuck that, four feet tall, like, <laughs> hunting down, you know, Amber Crombie models in the forest. Because you want to know something? The Raft by Stephen King, it still gets play. Friday the 13th? It still gets watched. It's like, mm -hmm. why aren't we making better horror movies? Yeah, it's because you keep trying to reinvent the fucking wheel. That's why. Yeah. Yep. Make peace with what works. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, I mean, there's, say a there's, prayer if you right, have there to. There is something to be said for innovation, but there's also something <clears throat> to be said for sticking with the classics. You right. know. <laughs> but be fair. Mm -hmm. Be fair. Okay. Right. It's gonna. You know. Look, the yeah, you know, the women got butchered for about 20, 30 years, mm -hmm. right? It's the boys' turn now. Man, and I sure do love rooting for a female villain. That right. is like that. It's so Come funny. Come on, Cruella, yeah. Maleficent. <laughs> it is. It's, there's it's nothing so wrong funny. With that. Every time, like a movie or a show or something tries to introduce a scary female villain, I'm like. I'm so sorry, but you know I just like her now, right? right. You know I just think she's cool? Right. Okay, as long as we understand. Right. <laughs> I mean, again, since we talked about Harry Potter, I just have to be very clear. With the exception of Dolores Umbridge. <laughs> with the exception of Dolores Umbridge, that is nearly <clears throat> universally true. The thing is, we all hate Dolores Umbridge because she's a bigot at the yes. end of the day. Yes, the thing, exactly. The moment is, she's like, when she's like, you filthy half-breed, and uh -huh. you're like looking at yep. the... You're like, yeah, you know what? You're not cool. Yeah, I will take all sorts of villainy, but being a right. bigot is where I draw the line. Right. Axe murder, A-okay. Right. Bigotry, no. <laughs> Times you would have looked to see. I would like to see Dolores Umbridge alone with Indijaka from fucking Black Panther, <laughs> right? Blah, 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 knife slash gone. Uh-huh, yeah. Oh, man. The crossover potential, like the crossover potential of Dolores Umbridge in many universes, is very satisfying. <laughs> if I was in Dejaka, I would have totally cut her up, and then I would have had like one more mark, one more raise, but I would have totally painted it pink in her honor. Oh, <laughs> how sweet! How sweet! Yeah, I mean, points to Dolores Umbridge for fully embracing the color pink because I will say that I, I respect as an aesthetic. Like, Most women I know hate that color. I know because we've been taught to hate pink. That's honestly been like part of me getting older was me learning I didn't have to hate pink because I oh, was as like, a guy I like pink. yeah like yeah. every woman I know went through a phase when they were like 
in their teens where they're like, no, I can't like pink. It's too girly. And now like when you're an adult, like an adult ass lady, you have to be like, oh, right. Pink's a delightful color. And I was taught to defy gender expectations that were put on me since I was a child. So it's a rediscovery of loving the color pink. Breast cancer. Mm-hmm. All right, breast cancer awareness because the pink ribbon. I'm a yep. huge fan of the We Belong Alive uh, design by uh, Jared Moraitis for Fright Rags. Mm. And uh, I also think a whole lot of Ralph Lauren and the Pink Pony, which was a, a big thing for the for breast cancer awareness. Yeah. Pink is yeah, pink always means is always means amazing things for me because I'm I'm also a child of the '80s. Sure. And so pink is neon pink is like just our thing, you know. It's like, <laughs> you know. I mean, yeah. we're totally, we'll totally deny it till the day we're dead. But like, <laughs> like you know, if you want, if if anybody ever like honestly looks at '80s cartoons, they're so flamboyant. It's like you're yeah. just out there and you're like, yeah, you know what? This is what I'm into, and I should just own this and be happy with it. Yeah, yeah. That I feel like that too is like the process of adulthood. It's just been me embracing all of the things that I thought weren't cool back in middle school, and yeah. then being like, oh, I can enjoy this. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. The color pink. And just going one direction. And just know? going. This is part of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Better or worse, this is part of the right. show. Right. Like I will finally listen to some pop punk and One Direction and have a grand old time, right. and you know, and then go back to my normal life. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 So, yeah. Yeah. We hope you you've enjoyed us being uh, us. For, yeah. 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 And also on my nocturnal schedule for yeah. for once, for, right. you know, 10 p.m. car recording. <laughs> Which is fantastic. I know. Yeah. Us being the same time zone. Revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we'll be back shortly with mm-hmm. Halloween content because mm-hmm. obviously we're amped. Um, yes. I hopefully we'll, we'll get some Halloween shenanigans in there. By the way, just as a side note, I do have to uh, dress up as a Monster High character for Halloween as part of a group costume. If anyone has suggestions for which one I should pick, let me know. <laughs> this is a new franchise I have to learn about very rapidly. <laughs> but other than that, yeah, we'll be back for Halloween. Yeah, trick or treat and tales of Halloween. Mm-hmm. Yeah, enjoy pumpkin season, sip your PSLs, and uh, we'll We'll be back back. with some blood. Bye. Bye. Bye.